Hi everyone, it's Easter weekend and we've got a very special episode for Good Friday, so stay tuned. Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of Friday PM. Let's talk about it. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Rachel, we met those people recently, didn't they? What did they say when you met them? They just said, let's talk about it. <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> they said, hi, let's talk about it. So they did the finger and everything. They did everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did. Well, praise the Lord. Welcome, welcome. Wherever you're joining us from in the world, if you're a regular, regular sorry, viewer, uh, you're very welcome back. And good to see you again. And for anyone that's clicked on this program for the first time, remember it's not an accident that you're hearing our voice and seeing us today. If God's directed you to be a part of this program, then we know God's got a great plan for you. And we pray that you'll be mightily blessed today. And we hope that you even watch some of the previous Friday PMs and continue this journey of faith with us. So welcome on this special, special edition of Friday PM. And uh, happy Easter to you and a blessed Easter wherever you find yourself this weekend, hopefully with family or friends or even by yourself. But you're not alone because we're all there with you. So God richly bless you. Talking about Easter, why do we celebrate Easter? We, we, have, a, we have an idea, we know uh, why we celebrate it, but um, why do we do it? Why is, there, why is there reason to celebrate that it's not some some event that, that we just have to get, uh, you know, concerned about different things. Why is it a celebration? And it really is for me personally just a celebration. We celebrate Easter. Um, why is it a celebration? Zach's looking at Rachel. We're all looking at Rachel. <laughs> Rachel, you're the chosen response. one. And I'm looking in that direction. The board has no, spoken. No. <laughs> Rachel, why do, we, why do we celebrate? We have to celebrate Easter. Why? Well, Jesus, it's, for me, it's the most important date in the Christian calendar. It's actually like Christian New Year. We should actually celebrate Easter more than we celebrate Christmas. Jesus was born at Christmas, but on Easter, he fulfilled the mission. And that's the reason why we can be where we are, where, that we can be heirs to the promise that Jesus died and rose again so that we could be reconciled to the Father. And that is the, the, a great reason for celebration. Yeah. Mm. Christoph, what stands out for you if someone says Easter? Like, what, what's something that's really special to you about Easter? Uh, like Rachel said, you know, the historical church uh, recognizes two main holidays, which is uh, birth of the Savior and resurrection, death and resurrection of the Savior. And for us, we have all these different uh, things that are around Easter. We celebrate in different ways in different countries, but the essence is that Jesus... Uh, he met with the disciples. He told he told them he's going to suffer. He's going to die, mm. and he, they still didn't understand why. But yes. after three days, he yeah. resurrected from from the dead, and he said, "On the cross, it is fulfilled. Mm. The debt has been paid." Yeah. And that's the meaning of Amen. what he said. Amen. And in the in the book of Colossians, it says that he erased. The, the that letter yeah. that was burdening us wow. mm. and this is what happened 
on the cross of Calvary at that time, we say uh, the resurrection. And uh, funny enough, in, in, in English, it's Easter. Uh, in, uh, in, in, in Russian, uh, it, they did just a resurrection. Even s- the word Sunday in, in Russian language means resurrection. Wow. Wow. So mm. uh, this is quite interesting. If you, if you look at different languages, uh, in, in Polish, we say the holy, the holy night, the uh, uh, celebration. So it's all about that suffering and and resurrection of Jesus, that he took the burden of the whole world and he buried it under the ground. He went down mm. into the ground, into the depth of the earth mm. to preach to the lost souls. And then he rose again uh, on the third day and like that, we can we can rise again with him. We can bury our sins, and we can rise with him uh, as he did on the third day. Yeah, Amen. so powerful. Amen. And and Crystal, and for me also, it's, it's taking law away and bringing grace. Amen. For me, there's such a big thing that we don't, you know, we don't have to earn, you know, his love. We we we, you know, the works. It's like everything that they had to do, the cleansing from the Old Testament. All that's come to the end, and he, he's given us these amazing grace. Amen. Grace for me is an incredible uh, thing, you know, right at that moment. Uh, very powerful what you shared. Yeah. Uh, Zach, what does it mean for you? What stands out? Well, in, interesting, just to piggyback off your last, um, the last thing you said, when, you know, when Paul talks about the law, he's, you know, and, and Jesus talks about the law, he said, well, the law, heaven and earth will pass away, but the law will never pass away. So while we're not under the first covenant, mm. and uh, it, it's the first covenant is fulfilled mm. by what Jesus did. And yes. interesting that you mentioned, Christoph, the, the last words that he spoke. And I think Greek is like to tell us die, or so I'm not, don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. But it, they used to stamp that on documents, meaning paid in full. If you had a debt, they would stamp it on a document when you've paid the debt. Mm. And that's what he said at the, the end. And he was, it was the fulfillment of the old covenant and the beginning of the new covenant of grace. Mm. And the wonderful thing that we are not bound by the law of grace, that it has been paid, the price has been paid on our behalf. Amen. Mm. Yeah. I mean, just at that moment always, you know, I always picture that moment. And uh, the Bible says, you know, he cried out with a loud, with a loud voice. Um, and then uh, soon after he said, well, it is finished. And when he said, it is finished, at that very moment, I mean, I just imagine in the heavens and earth and the whole universe, at that very second, what happened. I mean, just the physical manifestation, of course, you know, the veil was torn, yeah. you know, earthquake, you know, darkness. So these guys must have shaken in their boots, those, the, <laughs> the soldiers, everyone involved with it. Uh, but just how powerful that very second, that very moment was. And for me, that Jesus just came to serve. He came so humbly. He didn't bypass anything. He didn't skip anything. You know, he, he was born from a virgin. He was born like we have been born. He didn't just come, you know, like those, those movies where someone was beamed and there's a room and he's in full view, you know, Terminator. He's just there. Um, God, he, went, he humbled himself so much that he went through the process. Jesus had brothers, sisters. He was raised in a family environment. He had to work. Mm. He 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 went through suffering. He went through pain. He went. He, his best. Some of his best friends died. He went through grief. You know. He went through victories. He went through 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 hardship. 
And not only that, that he went, he was led through the desert, you know, through all that pain, 40 days. You know, he went through, he went through more than what any of us would ever go through. And on top of that, going through the whole crucifixion was spat upon, disowned, slaughtered, literally slaughtered, whipped, beaten. He went through all of that. And then having the full spiritual weight of the sins of all that has gone before, before and all that's coming on him to carry that load. At the moment, just to say it's done, that it's yeah. forgiven for eternity. It's just, it's just the most incredible, incredible, incredible thing. So for that, we're grateful. And that's a celebration. He, yeah. That's why we can have joy. That's why we can have peace. That's why we can celebrate uh, this, this time. So let's celebrate Easter. Let's just thank. I think that thankfulness for me is a yeah. big part. Just to be thankful. Just thank the Lord in this time. Thank him for all that he's done. Thank him just for who he is. Thank him for giving his life. So sometimes I think we can get caught up and yes, it's great to do the history and, and what's happened. But I think I think just to thank the Lord is so important at this time. And then that prayer, we keep on talking about that prayer then that led us to unity, Charlene. And that's something that I think you picked up, why unity is so important and that prayer that Jesus prayed, right? Yes, you know, Jesus is coming for a spotless bride and we are all tainted. But Jesus came to eradicate it all. You know, the night before the whole Easter weekend started is when he was with his disciples all together having the Last Supper. And he wanted us and them to remember him and to remember that his body was broken for us. His blood was shed for us so that we can be, firstly, an untainted bride for the marriage of the Lamb in the end when Jesus comes. That in our sins, in our hateful, hateful state, Jesus chose to do the most incredible thing, to lay down his life for you and me. And for that to be an example for us now to be able to lay down our lives for each other and look past each other's sins and ugly bits and still love each other. And when he broke that bread and he said, this is my body, I believe he was showing us that you are my body because we are made to be like Jesus. And Romans 8 verse 29 says he's the firstborn among many brethren. So he's our big brother. And in his body, we are recognized as one church and to be unified in these last days. That was the last prayer that Jesus prayed after that last supper. The last prayer on this earth was him praying to the Father that we will be one as he and God the Father is one. And for us to display unity and love for each other. And I was just reading in 1 John 4 verse 9, it says, In this the love of God was made manifest, where we are concerned in that God sent his Son, the only begotten or unique, into the world so that we might live 
through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation or the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And he said, beloved, if God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. Mm. Yeah, 1 Corinthians, that's what the, the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 1.10. He said, I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree that there be no divisions among you, but that you be unified in the same mind and, and the same judgment. And when I look at the same mind and same judgment, you know, because of the pandemic, it's like the church was scattered. It was yeah. broken up. Yeah. So that didn't help for unity. Now it feels like slowly people are coming together in church, but our hearts are not always unified. Mm -hmm. There's still difference in opinion with different political things. We're not even going to mention them because it'll keep your mind going. <laughs> different your opinions about different things that have related to the pandemic or different things related to politics. We have now wars creating division, breaking up of countries, breaking up of nations, breaking up of opinions. So everything is designed to break up. Wow. Everything. But we as believers, we cannot afford for Satan to steal from us, to break up our hearts, to break up us. So if we're in the family of God, you know, unity is such a fight, didn't we? We, we talk yeah. about it as a, yeah. as a team. Unity is a fight. It's a fight. It's literally a, a fight of life and death. Yeah. It's a fight to the finish, yeah. to be unified. And there's such a, a critical spirit that's out at the moment. You know, people are critical online. They're critical of ministry, critical of church, critical. And may the Lord help all of us because sometimes it's natural. Something happens and you have an opinion. But we mustn't let anything touch our unity and, and let the Lord help us. And it's, I'm speaking on behalf of us. I'm sure a lot of you have heard it, seen it, sometimes done it. So let us walk in unity with one another. We, the body of Christ needs so much encouragement right now. Yeah. Pastors needs encouragement, um, youth ministers, missionaries, but not just those that are called to, to, to ministry, but we all need to be encouraged. We need to encourage the, 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 the brethren in the household of faith that we look after one another and help one another. It's such a time where we can serve and, and for God to use us as catalysts for unity. So, you know, don't be used for a catalyst of disunity. Disunity is the easy one. To create yeah. disunity is a no-brainer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's the easiest thing in the world. I was, <laughs> I, I was just sitting here thinking, and, and I don't want to, like, um, go, go, down, go down a rabbit hole, but there's this thing in physics called entropy, and it's like how the universe, it's one of the laws in the universe that heat disperses into, like, a, an un, unordered system. So, like, if you have a hot kettle, eventually... The, hot, the heat's going to dissipate from the kettle. It's going to mm. go out in the room, right? By the natural law of the universe, the easiest thing for things to do is to take the path of least resistance and to, to spread out and to go into unorganized chaos. Mm. But God is calling us to be not like the world, to be not like the things of, of this present time. Mm. He wants us. It takes effort to be unified. It takes yes. so much effort. It is the path of most resistance. The, the, the road is truly narrow. Mm. The, tr the road is truly narrow. Mm. And, um, and, and it's difficult, but it's, it's what yeah. God calls us to do. And, yeah, I don't know. I was just thinking of that when no, you said it. So true. Was, yeah. I didn't want to share it, but you yeah. said that. So. No, absolutely true. And the, the, the problem for me is also comes in. We open ourselves up when we also compare ourselves. And uh, 
Pastor John, John from Vinesong, he had this great teaching um, about unity. And he said, you know, when we look at our physical appearance, you know, the most prettiest parts, maybe our faces where you can see someone's face and other parts of our body that might be not so pretty, they're covered by clothing. But he always said, if we would take our liver out, if I would take my liver out right now and smack it on the table here in front of you, <laughs> you know, I don't want to see that. But without my liver, I won't last very long. None of the rest will count for anything if there's no liver. So we shouldn't compare ourselves to the level of our importance because sometimes the most important thing, like the heart, for example, is not seen. You cannot see it. The eyes look pretty and we make everything look lovely and beautiful, but that's not the most important part because without my eye, I can still live. Without my ears, I can still live. Without my mouth, I can still somehow get food in, but without my heart, I cannot live. So that's sometimes what we don't see is sometimes the most important. So that's why we can't judge one another and compare our giftings to say, well, he's doing so important, or I'm, I'm clearly not important for anything, if you're, not, if you're behind the scenes, so to speak. And nowadays with, with self-promotion and media and TV and video, it's so quickly to put something out there that make us look effective. But we shouldn't compare ourselves because we, uh, we can't do what we do if someone else on the other side of this wall don't do what they do in our ministry. Each one does something that makes another part function into its full capacity, into its fullness. So I think that's that's a real death trap for me from sa- that that Satan tells us is to marginalize us, to make us smaller. That what we can and cannot do. And we just had that interview recently, uh, a few weeks ago, with um, Suzanne Pillins. Pillins, and uh, many people have commented that that was such a blessing. Just if we sometimes feel insignificant or we don't we don't feel like we can do something you know with god all things are possible yeah. Amen. and with i can do all things through christ all things means all things yeah. and uh, so to exercise our gifting praise the lord well, i think we're going to end our time actually with two very important uh, things today and the first one is a, a prayer that zach's going to read for us um from john 17 we're going to read that prayer and then we're going to leave you with a very, very special song that John composed many years ago um, called The Cross of Christ. And we know you're going to be mightily, mightily blessed by both of these, we pray. Um, so Zach's going to start reading it. So just meditate on these words and just hear the words of the Lord. And this is the prayer, of course. Charlene's the last prayer of Jesus. Yeah, I'm, I'm always amazed that he could have chosen any other thing to pray before he died as his last prayer on earth. Mm. He could have prayed for anything, but he prayed that we would be one and for us to look beyond each other's faults. The number one author of division was Lucifer. Mm. He was head over a third of the angels in heaven, Mm. and he was the one that caused division and took a third of the angels, went with him, when he was thrown out of heaven. He's the author of division. Mm, mm. And he's the author of division in your marriage. He's Mm. the author of division in your family. I believe it's time for us to really defy the enemy's authority in division and Mm. come and bring um, restoration back into marriages, bring restoration back into families and start crying out for unity in the body of Christ Mm. because the enemy is having a field day in church. Mm. There's so many 
uh, places we've been to where a worship leader has run away with a third of the church and started his own movement and a church. It's happened so many times mm. and it is, it's like history repeating itself. And I, I do get a bit of a godly anger towards the enemy during mm. this time that, that it, the end, you are not my enemy. The enemy is the enemy. That's something we always learn from John, isn't it? Mm. Something you have to work on unity. And it's the most difficult thing, like you said, Zach, to work for unity, to fight for unity. That the mm. moment you clash, and we do this as a team, the moment we clash, we go, hang on, everybody. The enemy is here to bring division. We, we bind him. We break his power. We mm. tell him to flee in the name of Jesus. So asking for intelligent discernment is what Proverbs talks about, to recognize when it's the enemy mm. and, and to tell him to flee in the name of mm. Jesus because God is coming for a victorious bride. And the world is looking on. They're looking on to the church. And we're seeing great leaders in the church now falling. And it's uh, hurtful to us as the church because the world is looking on saying, ha, 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 look at him. He's fallen again. Another big leader of a church falling. What does that say about us? Let, let us run towards unity. Mm. And it, it starts in the small things. It starts in marriage. Mm. And it starts in families mm. start in small groups and by God's grace we will be tested after this talking about unity the enemy is going to hate what we're doing right now sorry Dan I, I carried on a, a little too long but it's something no. that's really on our hearts because mm. we do go to many churches and we do see a lot of disunity and I know that if you're in a church, you are agreeing with us right now, mm. that you will go to your brother and your sister whom you have offended or you have offended someone and say, forgive me. Charlene, can, can we at this moment, I think we need to pray. Yeah. Um, Rachel, can you just lead them into a prayer today? Yeah. Just for anyone who really has to make that step, whether it's just repentance and just say, Lord, I have been, I've been guilty of this and I want to change my ways that God can help someone. Um, whether it's been critical, whatever it may be. And then after this, I'll say a prayer as well. Well, Lord, we come to you with humble hearts. Lord, not puffed up thinking everybody, is the, everybody has offended me and I've got a right and I'm justified in what I'm doing. But Father, we come with humble hearts and say, Lord, if there's any fault in me, if there's anything that I have done, anything that I have said, anything that has promoted disunity, Lord, forgive me. Lord, I repent. Lord, forgive me and help me to make restitution. Father, we want to fight for unity. We don't want to see what our brother's doing wrong and be, uh, go over to our brother and our sister and tell them what it is that they're doing wrong and why they should be doing this and why they should be doing that as, as if we're the authority. Father, we want to come with all love and humility. And Lord, if you lead us and direct us to say anything, it will be done uh, for the benefit of your kingdom and not for the benefit of our flesh. So Lord, we pray right now for people who are struggling with this issue. They've been hurt, somebody's offended them. 
Lord, they might even be the person who is the offender. But Father, I pray for a humility to just fall on your people, that we would become humble, that we come before you and we'd say, you know, my opinion is not the most important thing here. Unity is the most important thing. And the fruit of unity is so worth that just being humble and even humiliation, it is worth it because God will be able to do so much more and will do greater things. So Father, we pray. We pray for a true unity. We pray for a unity that recognizes when things are wrong, recognizes when there are issues, deals with issues, but then moves on. We don't want a false um, unity where we paper over the cracks and don't um, address anything. Father, give us the wisdom, the discernment, the understanding to know how to deal. Lord, where there's conflict, how to deal with it successfully, to deal with it in a godly way. Lord God, that everything is clean and that you can come in and that you can move. Because Lord, we want that blessing, the blessing that you command. We want that blessing on us. So Father, we we pray, give us the the guts for the fight, Lord, for unity. Give us the... um, the wisdom, Lord, to understand how to stand and how to come against division and how to stand for unity. In the name of Jesus, we ask and we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. On the last night that Jesus was with his disciples, he said these words. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who believe in me through their message. May they all be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I am in you. May they also be one in us, so the world may believe that you have sent me, and the glory which you have given to me, I have given them that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me. May they be made perfect in one, that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them just as you have loved me. Father, I desire those whom you have given me to be with me where I am that they may behold my glory, which you have given me, for you have loved me before the foundation of the world. Righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you, and these have known that you have sent me. I made your name known to them, and will continue to do so, that the love with which you have loved me may also be in them. Yes, Lord, on this Easter Friday, Easter weekend, Lord, we want to just come to you. And if if you're watching us today, and if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, we want to give you that opportunity right now. So you might have heard the name Jesus. Who knows? You might even have gone to church, but you're still looking and you're still not sure exactly what you should do. It seems good. It seems like a good idea, but you've perhaps become cynical about church. Maybe you were hurt by someone in the church many years ago and you feel, well, I'm not sure if I want to sign up to church again. Maybe you have an emptiness in your heart. Maybe you've been dealing with severe darkness in your life and you know that 
you need to do something or change something, otherwise things will turn for the worst. So no matter where you find yourself, I want to ask you a question. Have you surrendered your life to Jesus? Have you given him your heart? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He wants to give us new life. He wants to make us a new creation in him. He wants to let us have that eternal life with him. So if you're not sure where you're going to spend eternity, if you're still thinking, well, I think I'm a good person. God didn't call us to be good people or necessarily go to church. He wants us to receive him as Lord and Savior, to give him our lives, to acknowledge him, that he's the author and the finisher of our faith, that we came from him, that he's our creator and that we come from him. We, we have his DNA, but we have to acknowledge that it is him. And you can open the door of your heart today. Only you can make that decision to say, Jesus, I accept you as Lord and Savior. So if you want to pray that prayer today, I want you to put your right hand in your heart and just repeat after me. And I want you to say, Dear Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Please cleanse me. Please wash me clean today. Jesus, I believe you died for me and that you rose again from the dead. Spirit of God, come into my heart. Jesus, I confess with my mouth that you are the Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for me on the cross. Thank you, Jesus, for waiting for me, for giving me this opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Still